Blog Talk Radio. You know, church has become so commercial until we have gotten away from its true purpose. It has become such big business until we allow people to operate and function as long as they have something to bring to the table. People are now more concerned about recording and living in life of the rich and famous rather than knowing Jesus. For the true purpose of the church is soul business, not big business. I don't know about you, but I would rather have nothing and no Jesus than to have everything and not know Jesus. You need to confess it today. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Light of Portland broadcast with Pastor Kimberly Black from Greater St. Stephen Missionary Baptist Church in Portland, Oregon. Do you know Jesus? Did you know he could live in your heart if you invite him in? the next song you hear prepare to be blessed of the Lord prepare for a move of Holy Spirit prepare to know Jesus in your heart
How wondrous is the name of the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to the Light of Portland. I am your host, Pastor Kimberly Black, and it is an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure to be able to worship with you tonight on this 10th day of December. Pastor John P. Key brought us in this evening, reminding us of the wondrous name of Jesus. I give all glory and honor to God tonight, for truly he is our savior, our healer, our deliverer, our wave maker, our mind regulator. He is our provider. He is our source of strength, and we honor him tonight. We want to show love and appreciation to all those that make this platform possible, to Bishop Stephen and Bishop Ann Butterfield, to Archbishop Ruth Smith, to our sister and friend, Pastor Sherelle Pennington, and to all the men and women of God that preach on this platform Every week, we bless you, my brother and my sister, for what you do for us and with us. A joyous day, and I hope that you have had a joyous day and you are excited about tonight because I am. I'm so excited that our guest speaker tonight is no stranger to the Blog Talk family. She is our sister, our friend, Elder Catherine Brown. She is a member of the St. Paul Mission Baptist Church, where my friend and brother, Pastor Craig L. Brown, is the senior pastor right here in the city of Portland. And so we're just truly grateful to God tonight that the woman of God will be bringing us a word on tonight. We are going to open and have a word of prayer following. I'm going to make some announcements. We'll have a word of prayer. Uh, Then we'll have a song to get our hearts and minds ready to receive the word. And then after that song, the next voice you will hear will be that of Elder Catherine Brown. So our announcements, St. Paul Mission Baptist Church Community Engagement Annual Christmas Toy Giveaway. Toys for newborn through 12 years old, Saturday, December the 16th, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., Rain or shine, uh, wild tours last. They're asking that one adult shopper per household come and shop and please leave your children at home. St. Paul Missionary Baptist Church is located at 8101 North 5th 
Avenue, Portland, Oregon. And that is Pastor Craig L. Brown. And for more information, you can call 503-289-0147. And the 21st pastoral anniversary celebration for the St. John's of All Nations Church of God in Christ, Apostle Dr. Clifford and Lady Diane Chappelle will be on Sunday, December the 17th at 3.30 p.m. at the Tabor Space. Tabor Space is located at 5441 Southeast Belmont Street. Their guest speaker will be Bishop C.T. Wells of the Emmanuel Church. I pray that you would govern yourselves accordingly and that you would um, make it your responsibility to pray for both of these events. Amen. Uh, You might not be able to make it, but you can pray that everything is successful and that the spirit of the Lord is there present and that everything be done decent and in order. So if you can't make it to these two events, let's keep them all lifted up in prayer. Amen. Oh, amen. I am just grateful to God tonight that we can go to the Lord in prayer that we can come together to um, share in our time of prayer. I know you have a prayer list. I have a prayer list. And I want you to know that tonight we're just going to believe God to heal, to deliver, to set free, to comfort to renew, to restore, to revive. We're believing God to send a revival. We are believing God to to allow a fresh wind to come and fill our churches, fill our homes. We're asking God to restore marriages and restore families, asking God to comfort those that are grieving. We're going to stand in agreement. We're going to stand in prayer And we're going to believe God for all things. The Bible says that all things work together for them that love the Lord and have been called according to his purpose. And we are told that we are to pray without ceasing. The Bible says and when you pray, we must believe that our God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. And so as we prepare to go to the throne of grace, I am I'm going to ask um, our very own Elder Kathy Miniweather to um, prepare yourself um, to lead us to the throne of grace. And, and I'm going to, um, I'm giving her some time to get ready, but I want us to continue to pray. Pray for Israel, pray for Africa, Gaza, Russia, Ukraine, pray for the United States. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your um, city officials. Pray for our servicemen and women and our first responders. Pray for those that are houseless, those that are incarcerated. We have a big prayer list, and we can all believe God to, to, to hear our prayer and answer our prayer. Nothing's too hard for him. With God, all things are possible if we only believe. I'm now going to yield uh, this call over to Elder Kathy Miniweather. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord God. Glory to your name tonight, Lord God. Glory to your name, Lord God. Lord, we come before you tonight, Lord, to bless your holy name, to lift you up and exalt you as our Lord and our Savior, Lord God. You are a deliverer. You are a way maker, Lord God. You are God. You are everything to us, Lord God, that we will ever need, Lord God, in this life. And we bless you tonight. We honor you, Lord God, in this place, Lord God, because you've given us life. You've given us liberty. You've given us help, Lord God. You bring hope and you bring strength, Lord God. You bring a renewal into our lives, Lord God. And we just exalt you tonight, Lord because we know, O oh God, that you are Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are our first and our last, O oh God. Father, because of you, we have our breath tonight. And because of Jesus Christ, we come now, Lord God. We have 
access into the presence of a holy God. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your tender mercies, O God. We thank you for your truth and your righteousness. We thank you for the power of prayer, Lord God, because, Lord God, we know that when we pray, you hear us, O God, because, Lord God, we come seeking your will. What it is, O God, you want us to to pray for, Lord God, as we have heard the list of things, O God. We have brought before you our petitions, O God, and we come tonight to bless your name, O God, to thank you for hearing us, O God, when we pray. Father, you are faithful, you are just, you are everlasting, and you are true. You, O God, know the beginning of all things, and you know the end. And, Lord God, tonight as we come to you, we bless you, Lord God, in the sanctuary of our hearts, O God. We bless you, Lord God, as we lift our hands before you, just to holy, just lift our hands and just reverence you, O God, for you are worthy to be praised, O God. From the rising of this morning sun, O God, to the going down of that same sun tonight, you are worthy to be praised. And, Lord God, we say thank you. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, one more time to come before you with those who call upon your holy name. Lord God, we come believing you tonight. Lord God, and when we believe, we receive of you, O God. Father, we are lifting up our pastors tonight. We are calling upon your holy name. Your word said you would give us pastors after your own heart. Hallelujah, Lord. So we thank you for our pastors right now, oh God. Every pastor that is represented on this line tonight, Lord God, we say thank you. Thank you for our elders and our teachers, oh God, and those who break the bread of life before your people, oh God. We are praying for a hunger and a thirst for your name, Lord God. Let your name be above all name tonight, Lord God. That there be a hunger for your word, Lord God, because in your word, Lord God, we find your heart. In your word, we find your will. In your word, we find hope, Lord God. In your word, we find deliverance, oh God. And in your word, we find the truth that we need to live a holy life down here, Lord God. And we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for the power of your spirit tonight, Lord God, who helps us to do the things that we do, oh God. Even when we don't understand, he is there leading us and guiding us, oh God. So we thank you tonight for Holy Spirit, Lord God, all of it by way of Calvary through the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord God, we thank you tonight. Lord, as the pastor says, we lift up, Lord God, every prayer list, oh God, everything on our list, Lord God. You know we have prayed, oh God, for the unity of the body of Christ. Lord, you helped me to say the other day, we pray for the unity in the body of Christ because when the body is doing well, hallelujah, the body can function the way you want it to function. So, Lord God, we know tonight there are many members of the body, but there's only one body, and Jesus Christ is the head of that body. So, Lord God, we are praying for the head of the body, Lord God, that he will move down in us. And, Lord God, that we will yield our members to him, Lord God, that we will become his feet, Lord God. We will be his hands, oh God. He can use our mouths, oh God. He can use our eyes according to his will tonight. Father, strengthen the body of Christ according to your will, and let us do, oh God, what you called us to do in the name of Jesus, oh God. Father, we thank you tonight, and we ask that you send the revival, Lord God, and let it begin in me, Lord God. Everybody under the sound of my voice, oh God. Father, though, though you know what we go through, you know what we deal with, Lord God. So, Lord God, if there's a revival that needs to take place, oh God, even in the ones that don't know they need it to take place, Send your revival, Lord God, and let it be a refreshing, Lord God. Let it be a fresh wind, oh God, that will blow away all of yesterday, Lord, because yesterday is dead and gone, and tomorrow is not promised. So tonight, Lord God, send your revival in us and let us do the work that you want us to do. Lord God, we are praying for the restoration of marriages, oh God. We are praying for the restoration of the family unit, oh God. Father, everything you did in the beginning, it is good, Lord God. But the enemy got a hold of it, Lord God, and he began to taint it, Lord God. He began to blind the eyes of the ones, oh God, that are supposed to lead the family. So, Lord God, we are crying out for the men, Lord God, that they will rise up and take their post tonight, Lord God, that they will lead the wives and lead their children, Lord God. 
Father, send that fresh wind upon your men, oh God. And for the ones who are single, Lord God, trying to raise a family, Lord, move upon the mothers, oh God. Move upon the fathers, oh God, that the children will see that something different, Lord God. And may they teach their children, Lord God, how to pray at an early age. May they teach their children, Lord God, the fear of the Lord, oh God, so that when they are old, your word said, when they are old, they won't depart from it. Lord God, it may not be when they're 20. It may not be when they are a teenager. But Lord God, if that word gets down up in the soul, oh God, when they're old, they will come back to you, Lord God, because sooner or later, you'll begin to move down in them, Lord God. So Lord God, we're standing on the power of your word tonight. We are asking, Lord God, for the healing of our children, Lord. We are asking, Lord God, for the protection of our children, Lord God. Father, we are crying out for our babies tonight, for grandbabies tonight, for nieces and nephews tonight. Lord, in the name of Jesus, move with power and might tonight upon these, O oh God, our prodigy, Lord God. And we're not praying for our four and no more. Nay, Lord God, we are calling out for those, O oh God, who call on the name of the Lord. Father, I heard the one of the God say, I don't even know where my child is, but Lord, I found time ago. I may not know, God, but you know where they are, oh God. And I call on the living God tonight to move with power, Lord God, to stir up in those children everything, Lord God, that we taught them when they were young, oh God, and that you will begin to move upon them, Lord God, according to your will, oh God, for tomorrow is not promised, oh God, and I pray, Lord God, that your spirit will move now, oh God, because the children are being deceived, just like the adults are being deceived, so Lord God, tonight I bind the deceiver, hey, I bind the deceiving spirit, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would open the blinded eyes tonight, Lord Jesus, that you would set the captive free tonight, Lord Jesus. Break every yoke, Lord God, every yoke of sin, the yoke of shame, the yoke of deception on the enemy's part, because, Lord God, our babies need you, oh God. See, Lord God, I know I'm getting older in age, and we ain't going to be here forever, but I know my prayer, Lord God. I know when we pray, oh God, when we praise you, Lord, you hear us, oh God. So we are praying for our children. It may look like everything is going well, but we don't know what's going on in the mind of these children, Lord God. They are adults, oh God, and they need you, Father. We are praying tonight that you would break the shackles, oh God, and loose them now, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we are praying for Israel, Lord God. We are praying for the Ukraine. We are praying for Gaza. Your word said there would be wars and rumors of wars, oh God. And we are committed, Lord God, to pray tonight. We don't know the end, Lord God, but you know the beginning and you know the end and you know everything in between, and not just these wars. Father, there's famines in the land, oh God. There's destruction in the land, Lord God. There's evil in the land, Lord. So we plead the blood of Jesus tonight. Lord God, have your way, Lord God. We are calling upon you tonight to have your way, oh God. Let your kingdom come, Lord God. Let your will be done, Lord God. Stir up in us, oh God, the things that you want us to do. Shake, Lord God, everything off that is not pleasing to you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you will be glorified, Lord God. And, Father, as the enemy lies, and he lies constantly, Lord God, let it not be that we don't do what you tell us to do. But instead, Lord God, let us know tonight it is because of Jesus that we live. It is because of Jesus that we move. It is because of Jesus that we are able to do anything and that we are all able to do all things according to your will. Father God, bless the woman of God tonight, hallelujah, as she brings forth the word of God. Lord God, let it be stirred up in her belly like a well of living water and let it flow, Lord God, and let it be that the hearer, Lord God, will be able to hear, Lord, and if there be any battleground on the line tonight, break up 
up the battleground, oh God, that your word may go down deep and let it be water tonight, Lord God, that we can grow, oh God, that we can run this race with patience and hold out to the end, Lord God, because we know we live in a world that is fallen, but greater is he that is in us tonight than he that is in the world. So, Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you. We praise you. We bless you. We give your name the glory. We give your name the honor. And we give your name the praise. And, Lord God, for every unspoken prayer, every thought that is being thought right now, you hear it all, oh God. You know it all, oh God. Let it line up with your will, Father. Help us to do the work while it is day. For night is coming, Lord God. And we won't be able to work. Give us a renewed strength, oh God. Be our strength, be our song, be our salvation tonight. And help us, oh God, to do all that we can. Because, oh God, we know that only the things done for you will last when this world is on fire. Everything else, Lord God, we know is going to pass away. But tonight we bless you, Lord God, for this opportunity to praise you one more time. And, Father God, we give your name the glory, and we ask it all in the name of Jesus. And we count it all done, and we count it all a joy to be among your people tonight as we bless the Lord. And we ask in Jesus' name, and we say amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah.
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, Praise God for the opportunity to be yet one more time with all of our sisters and brothers in the family of God under the light of Portland. I want to acknowledge very quickly and give God praise and honor not only for the Butterfields and Archbishop, my sister, Pastor Mentors, Sister Pastor Black and Pastor Pennington, also want to give honor to my own pastor, Craig L. Brown, and First Lady Elder Angela Brown. It's good to be back with the light of Portland one more time. What a great God that we serve. I'm listening to these songs that we're ministering, and I feel like the Lord was saying through the worship songs tonight that the message that he has put in my heart and in my stirred up in my belly about having a heart for God is Uh, The scripture uh, is on point tonight, and I pray that as we read through uh, the word of God, and then we lift up a few observations that God has pressed on my heart to share with everyone tonight, that everybody is filled with the spirit and runs uh, on even more strong in the strength of God's power and his love just from spending this time together as a body of preachers and believers and servants. I just want to give God praise. What a great season we're in. This is the second Sunday in this wonderful season of Advent. Um, And I recognize that it's December 10th, and I was asking the Lord, how in the world did we get to December 10th? This year has been so fast. It's been so full. There's been so much that is going on in the world so many challenges, so many struggles, so many issues, and not just in the world, in the earth, but in our own lives. And so I pray that as we get into this passage tonight, I'm going to read from Second Kings. I'm going to be in chapter 4, and I will start with verse 8. And uh, if we have a title for the message, I will share that. But as we go through this, the Lord didn't give me one title. He just gave me this message. And I believe that It's a right-on-time word. And God says in 2 Kings from the English Standard Version, One day Elisha went on to Shuman, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, Behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God. He is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp, so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. One day he came there, and he turned into the chamber and rested there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. When he had called her, she stood before him, and he said, to him, say now to her, see, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is this to be done for her? Gehazi answered, Well, she has no son, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway, and he said, At this season, about about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, No, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived, and she bore a son about that time, the following spring, as Elisha had said to her. Let me continue to read on. When the child had grown, he went out one day to his father among the reapers. And he said to his father, oh, my head, my head. The father said to his servant, carry him to his mother. And when he had lifted him, And brought him to his mother, the child sat on her lap till noon, and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, and shut the door behind him, and went out. 
Then she called to her husband and said, Send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys that I may quickly go to the man of God and come back again. And he said, Why will you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, All is well. Then she saddled the donkey and she said to her servant, Urge the animal on. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi, his servant, Look, there is the Shunammite. Run at once to meet her and say to her, Is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with your child? And she answered, All is well. And when she came to the mountain, to the man of God, she caught hold of his feet. And Gehazi came to push her away. But the man of God said, Leave her alone, for she is in bitter distress. And the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Then she said, Did I ask my Lord for a son? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? He said to Gehazi, tie up your garment and take my staff in your hand and go. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not reply and lay my staff on the face of the child. Then the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was no sound or sign of life. Therefore, he returned to meet him and told, and told him the child has not awakened. When Elisa, came, when Elisa came into the house, he saw the child lying dead on his bed. So he went in and shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and lay on the child, putting his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hand on his hand. And as he stretched himself upon him, the flesh of the child became warm. Then he got up again and walked once back and forth in the house and went up and stretched himself upon him. The child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. Then he summoned Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite. So he called her, and when she came to him, he said, Pick up your son. She came and fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. And I've decided, because the Spirit of the Lord provoked me to read from verse 8 all the way through verse 37. I know God will add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and living by his holy word. I mentioned that I didn't really have a title Uh, But if I had a title, I believe from what we've just read, um, the title would be Make Room for God. Make Room for God. In this busy season of Advent, in this busy season of life, in this busy chapter of everything that we have going on, I hear the Spirit of the Lord loud and clear saying, Make Room for God. And Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will illuminate your word tonight, God, that we will learn from what the... Shunammite woman learned, oh God, that when we make room for you, God, you're going to do things that are miraculous in our life, that even dead things, oh God, will come to life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And so look at the text tonight. I'm seeing from the first uh, section, um, the title really, Make Room for God. The text tonight tells us that this Shunammite woman, in fact, doesn't have a name. We don't know her name. We just know that she was a a wealthy woman, a a wealthy woman who lived in Schumann. And I like the King James uh, translation where it says a respected or a great woman. And this was a woman who had a habit of taking uh, her day, time in her day to look out for something that she had observed coming past her home, and that was a man of God. It was a holy man of God that she had become accustomed to looking out for who would 
pass by. And not only would she look out for the man of God, we see in this text that the woman had a heart to give, and not only to give, but she would prepare food for the man of God and for the man of God's servant, that they might have a warm meal to eat as they made their way past her home in the city of Shuman. And behold, the text tells us that the man of God was continually, she observed that he was continually passing her way. And the woman was provoked in her heart to talk with her husband to say, we need to make a room. (laughs) We need to make a room in this home, Uh, make a room, it says in the English standard version, on the roof that has walls. And just make it a simple room, a room where the man of God can come and lie down on a bed. There's a table there. There's a chair. There's a lamp. So whenever he comes and goes, he will have a place to stay. The woman, this very great woman, uh, was discerning, I can tell from the text, because she knew that this was a true holy man. She didn't need to have the Ritz Carlton going on in her home. She said, just make a simple room, a simple room that would be set apart for the man of God as he and his servant pass through. And as it turns out in this text, we see that uh, the man of God, Elisha, and keep in mind as we think about this text, Elisha was the prophet of God's anointed, God's spokesperson, the person that the prophet Elijah, uh, yes, in the first and second book of Kings, the prophet Elijah, when Elisha was carried up in Second Kings chapter 1 in a whirlwind, the mantle, the anointing of God moved from Elijah the prophet to Elisha the prophet. And we know that Elisha the prophet was well known uh, in the town of Schumann and through the towns that he traveled in for the miraculous signs, just like Elijah had performed. And one of those things that Elijah had performed, which is a foundation for the story today, is that Elijah the prophet had actually raised uh, a dead person back to life. And here we see in the text tonight that the woman had persuaded her husband to build a room for the man of God. And it came to pass that the man of God recognized the kindness of this woman and decided as he was spending time in the room that had been set apart for him to ask his servant to say to the woman, you've been kind to us. You've done this great thing for us. You went to trouble for us. What can we do for you? It's interesting, uh, my brothers and sisters, that the woman's response was, look, I dwell among my own people. I have everything that I need. In other words, there's, there's nothing that I need. She didn't ask for anything. This woman, this great woman, uh, gave and did out of her heart. And she gave and did not expecting any kind of reward in return for what she had done. She was a great giver because she gave food and shelter, not expecting a thing in return. But I love it in the text tonight as we think about our lives, and we think about the number of things going on, especially those mature saints and those that are filled with the Holy Spirit, where we find contentment in whatever situation or circumstance we find ourselves in. But yet, even though the woman did not ask for anything and demonstrated that she was content, when the prophet of God, Elisha, asked his servant, well, what can we do then? What can we do for this person? And it was Gehazi who said, Well, you know, she has no son, and she's got an old husband. Uh, Saints on the line, you'll remember in the book of Genesis, Sarah and Abraham were in old age. Sarah was barren, and here we find this unnamed Shunammite woman who was really barren. She had no children. She had no heir uh, that would pass on uh, the lineage uh, from her husband and herself. And so I love this where the text tells us, about the heart and the character of God as displayed through Elisha, the prophet, the man of God. He calls her in and doesn't say, well, we notice you don't have any children and your, your, your husband's old. He basically tells her exactly what God is going to do for her. The man of God speaks prophetically and tells her, you're going to actually have a son this time, this, this time next year. 
And look at the woman's response. When we've had dreams and hopes and desires that have been unmet, that have been covered over by the years, even as mature saints, we get very comfortable recognizing, well, it must not have been the will of God for me to have a child. It must not be the will of God for me to have this job, to have this house, to have this spouse, to have these things. We learn how to bury those things, those unmet desires, those unmet needs. And yet when the prophet spoke and hit that thing that the woman really desired, she found it hard to believe. My brothers and my sisters, do we find it hard to believe when God is speaking to us through his word, through the Holy Spirit, or through someone God has put a, a word for us in their heart and comes to us and tells us something that is so miraculous from many perspectives that we find it hard to believe. And she says, and look at this woman. She says, no, my Lord. Again, she's already recognized that he's a man to God. She's already acknowledging and giving him honor. She says, no, my Lord, please, whatever you do, don't lie to your servant. Amen. But we see that the woman was able to conceive and she did bring forth a child. That dream, that unmet need, that that desire that she had, that miraculous thing that the man of God spoke of her and that God brought to pass happened in her life. But look as we continue to go on. Let's talk about this room because as I was thinking about this message and I was thinking about how busy we are, saints, Uh, This has been a busy year for me, and I know everybody on this line can say they've got more going on than they have time to do it. I've probably traveled well over 15,000 air miles this year for work alone, and last week as I was thinking about God and I was thinking about what was going on, and quite frankly, my brothers and my sisters feeling overwhelmed, to be honest with you, overwhelmed with all the things that have to be done for for family, for for ministry, for work, for everything. It was overwhelming. And, 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 and as I was thinking about this message, I could hear the Lord say, the woman of God made a room for the man of God. The woman of God, the room is a metaphor for our heart. The room represents that place that we set aside, that consecrated place, that altar on our heart that God says, I want that space. I want that space in your life. I want first place, Catherine, in your life. I want to be your number one priority. No matter what's going on, that room that you build for the Lord, hallelujah, that, 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 that sacred place, uh, that place that you steal away to, that altar in your heart where God sits on the top of it, that space that God says, I want you to make for me in your house a place where I can dwell, a place where you can dwell with me. That room, that physical room representing that spiritual heart, that place that God says even now, as busy as you are, as much as you have to go on, don't lose sight of the fact that I'm number one. I want to be number one. I have to be number one. And in order for the things of God that you desire, the things that I have told you I will do, the promises that I have made to you in my word, the things I'm going to keep, those come through the power of the anointing. And the anointing fills your heart, fills your house, because you make room, make space for the anointing, and when you set that place aside, hallelujah, I heard God tell me clearly, when you make room for me and for the anointing that I bring, that room is going to allow for miraculous things to happen in your life, amen, make room for the miraculous by making room, my brothers and my sisters, for the anointing and receive the blessing and the benefit of the anointing that's going to make room for you. The woman of God, the Shunammite woman, made room for the man of God, a consecrated, set-apart place that wasn't defiled or tainted by anything else that was going on in that house. Hallelujah. And by calling and making a demand on that anointing, the anointing made room for the desire that the Shunammite woman had. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, This passage tonight is reminding us that we can make a demand on the anointing when we cooperate with the man and woman of God who are the spokespeople for God because they are God's messengers. But ultimately, God is saying, cooperate with me. 
Cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You be a carrier like the man of God, like Elisha. You be a carrier. You are a carrier. I've chosen you to be a carrier of the anointing. So when you're overwhelmed, when you feel too busy, when things are out of order, when you feel like you can't handle, let the anointing carry you, Catherine. Hallelujah. And I will tell you, when God has first place, when the power of God, when the anointing of God is in a place that we dwell in, hallelujah, everything that is going on competing for our time, for our attention, and quite frankly, pushing us, the things that are going on in our hearts, in our minds, Ah, yes, God. God is saying that clutter that's in your heart, that room that might physically be filled with all these things, all this stuff that's going on. God is saying, I'm moving this stuff out. I'm moving that clutter out. I'm making room, hallelujah, that you can visit and dwell and be with me so that what you have been told and instructed to do, you not only hear, can receive, and do, but those things that tend to want to move us off of God as our first priority, move us off of our calling as our first priority, move us off of the need to be a servant to the people of God as our high priority and calling. God has said, I'm going to move all these other things that are in your spiritual room, hallelujah, so that I can make room, you can make room in your heart for the power of God that wants to move through us to be a spokesperson for the Most High God to the people of God, saved people and those that are yet to be saved. God is saying, if you make room for me, if you make room for my presence, hallelujah, if you honor me and my actions, I'll change your actions and your attitudes. I'll move over things that you think are priorities because you're submitting to my will. Amen. And I wanted I want to say that 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 message of making room for God, making room for God in Advent, making room for God every day of the year. I thought about how overwhelmed I was feeling, my brothers and my sisters, um, lacking sleep and too many priorities and all of this and as I began to just delve into the word of God and delve into what God was saying, I remember that the word of God gave me life. It's spirit, it's truth, and it's life. And it gave me energy. And all of a sudden, I wasn't tired anymore. And as we walk through this section of scripture that we're reading tonight, we recognize that sometimes the blessing of God, the power of God, the gifts of God, yes, even that anointing, sometimes it may feel like it leaves us, amen? But I see uh, that the woman, uh, Elisha, had blessed the woman uh, with what her heart's desire was. But we see that the thing that she desired most, in verse 18, the child grew up, or had when the child had grown, the child had something happen. It doesn't say in the text what it was. And uh, depending on what theologians you listen to, you might think it's a heat stroke because they were bringing in the harvest of the crops. It was reaping season. But nevertheless, the child got sick or had a condition happen, come upon him very quickly, and that very dream, heart's desire of the woman, ended up dying. But I love this instruction that we get out of the text tonight because what did the woman of God do? What did she do? She, she immediately got up and took that child and took that child and put that child on the bed of what? The man of God, the consecrated room, the, the, the sacred room, the place where the man of God dwelled when he came, the room that was not polluted, the, the room that was filled with the presence of God, filled with the anointing of God. She left that child in that room. It's like the Lord is like, Take, carry it to me, bring it to me, bring it to God, put it on my altar. And she called her husband. She didn't even tell her husband that son that we waited for forever had died. She basically said, look, give me a servant, a donkey. I got to get somewhere quickly. <laughs> Hallelujah. I like the part where the husband's like, well, why are you, like, trying to go see the man of God when it's not even a, one of those holy days? It's not the, the first day of the month. It's, it's, it's not a day that's marked for any special religious occasion. It's not a Sunday. It's not the Sabbath. It's not that time to go. But the woman of God shows us 
like I believe the scripture says, whatever day we choose to make our day of worship, that's the Lord's day. But the reality is 365 days a year, 24-7, 365 is the Lord's day. This woman recognized that everything, she had such faith, everything was well, and she got on that donkey and in reading the commentary and reading some of the research, it looked like she traveled around 15 to 25 miles in a hurry to get to what? To the man of God. She left that child, that dead child in the anointed room, and she went to go find the man of God, the one that God had used to bring the miracle, to bring forth the miraculous thing that she had desired all of her life, went to see the man of God. Look at the text real closely. It says, when the man of God saw her coming, he said to his servant, look there, it says, Shunammite. Don't we know that God knows his sheep? Don't we know that God is looking down upon us and uh, hey, there's Pastor Black. She's coming. She's, she's running toward me. There's Elder Brown. She's running toward me. They're, they're running. They're looking for me. And they're coming. And God sees us uh, when we're running to him, when we come to him, when we have a need. And he said, like I believe our Father in heaven says to our, the angels, the Holy Spirit, run and meet them at once. And what did the man of God ask him to say? Is everything okay? Is everything well with you? God wants things to go well for us. It is his desire that things go well for his children. Amen. But what did the woman say? The child was dead. You wrap our minds around this. The child was in the upper room built for the man of God. The child was dead. What did she say? This is faith. This is faith in action. She said, all is well. She wanted to tell the man of God, not the servant of God, what was going on. I love this in the text where it says that, uh, Gehazi tried to push the woman away from the man of God. And I know there's several, I pray pastors on the phone and we have, you have servants, you have armor bearers, you got ministers, you got elders, you got church folks, and you got people that are, uh, yes, in many cases, pushing people away, trying to keep people or hinder people from getting uh, to the anointing, uh, getting in the way. But the man of God said, let her alone, let her come. She's in distress. She's in bitter distress. Don't we know, church, that there's a there's a time where people need to be unimpeded, unhindered. They need to get to the anointing. And we represent, we represent the anointing of God when we're called with God, set apart, filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Consecrated. Hallelujah. God wants those people that he sends through our churches, through our relationships, through our homes, through our workplaces, to get to us because God is the one that has the answer for the distress. God is the one that has the answer for the world today. But the man of God acknowledged that he didn't even know, hallelujah, what had been happened because God had not revealed it. But look at what we see here. The woman of God, the woman of God let him know by the promise that God had made. She had asked the man of God, don't deceive me, don't lie to me, right? And she says, not anything other than, did I ask you for a son? Did I not say, don't deceive me? You gave me my heart's desire. And the man of God knew right away and sent his servant to go lay his staff up on the child. And we know from the reading of the word that that didn't, that didn't help. Uh, we believe that uh, what happened in this text, I think, is also very interesting. This woman of God, this Shunammite woman is showing us what she said to the man of God. As long as I live, basically, I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving God. I'm not letting anything that gets in my way, not life, not death, uh -huh, not distress, not turmoil, not crises, not any circumstance. She said to the man of God, as sure as I live. As you, as, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, right? I know there's a God, and as long as you live, I'm not leaving you. It's like in the book of Ruth when she said, your God is my God. And it says, so the man of God arose and followed her, and he went ahead, and we know that the man of God laid on, a, well, first of all, the man of God prayed, amen? The man of God prayed to the Lord shut the door, shut itself in, and laid upon the child, blew on the child, touched the child, and we see the miraculous miracle that the man of God, meaning the man of God is an instrument for God's power flowing through him, and the anointing that was on Elijah caused that child to be raised uh, from the dead. 
And my brothers and my sisters, as I look at this, I'm racing through this, but there's so much in this word that reminds us that as we think about making room for God, making room for Jesus Christ, putting him first in everything, above everything and everyone in our lives, especially at this season. Yes, we say Jesus is the reason for the season. Well, Jesus is the reason for everything. In him we live and move and have our being without him blowing the breath of life and keeping us alive, we wouldn't have woke up this morning. But as we think about it, when we make room for God in our heart, when we make room for the power of the anointing of God, signs, wonders, and miracles surely will follow on the heels of the prayers, saints, the prayers of God's anointed. When we abide and dwell in Christ intentionally, like the woman, like the Shunammite woman, great things and promises of God shall come to pass in our lives. This is the message that God put on my heart for tonight, that we need to continually, intentionally create space in our day for God. And this hey. is the message that I wanted to impart according to the word of God. God bless everyone. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you so much, uh, Elder Brown, for that word tonight to encourage us, uh, to help us place Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, make him a priority in everything that we do. We we ought not um, start our day. We ought not make a decision. We ought not make a move without consulting him. And the more we consult him, the closer we get to him. And the more our life will be a testimony like that Shumanite woman. What a powerful testimony. What a powerful story. Thank you for sharing the word of God with us on tonight. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. And I hope and pray that you be blessed through this week. and That God will uh, allow you to share the joy and the peace of God with someone this week as you go through the week. Know that I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Until next Sunday, be blessed, my brother. Be blessed, my sister. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
worship you. You are here, here in every heart. I worship you. I worship you.